Good afternoon and welcome to NFTs Live. I'm your host, Tyler D. It is Tuesday, January 4th, and I'm joined today by Brett Ritchie for our first show of 2022. Brett, happy new year, bud. How are you doing? Happy new year, my man. Yeah, good to be here. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely excited to be back. There's been a ton that's happened in the NFT space since our last show two weeks ago. We are in a bull market. It's obvious. So on today's show, we're going to cover that. Um, we're going to talk about apes flipping punks again and that whole ecosystem on fire. We're going to take a look at both the Lucky Trader 7-Day View and the IC 3-Day Boards to talk some big movers and trenders. We're going to talk X-Copy setting new all-time highs in the one-of-one -one space. Talk through the blue chip PFPs and art blocks floors and hint, we're seeing green again. And then we're going to end with talking a few new drops, uh, including one from Braindrops and this new Cuddly Drop. It just hit our radar today. Sound good? <clears throat> All right. It? Let's get started. So going to start with that macro view, our, our trusty dashboard from Dune Analytics, taking a look at the OpenSea numbers, sharing the screen here. There's a lot to unpack. I want to start with just recapping December. So <clears throat> December came in at $3.25 billion in OpenSea volume second highest all-time month behind August peak mania of just 3.4. So within four or 5% of all-time high. And we can see the, the daily view here on the top right, over half the days over that $100 million threshold that, that really got us there. And then we see here at the tail end, uh, a big surge starting right around Christmas through the holiday break and into the new year. One of the big drivers for that, we have to talk about the, the SOS airdrop. Yeah. Now, quickly show the, the open Dow SOS token chart here. It's a, it's a painful chart a bit for me to, to talk through here. Um, but just kind of recapping how this played out. So SOS, the, the open Dow airdrop tokens, uh, essentially to anyone, who participated in, in purchasing NFTs on OpenSea uh, and the, the amount of tokens you got was relevant or related to your spending activity. Um, so folks like Pranksy, Keyboard Monkey had huge volumes. They came out of the gate uh, fairly low. A lot of folks dumped right out of the gate, which is kind of the standard that we see for these airdrops. And then the token 10X before slowly coming down to earth a bit. But this pumped hundreds of millions yeah. Into the eco. What, what was your reaction? I mean, this was a pretty big surprise to us. So and I saw it, right? And so the first instinct, especially goes to all OpenSea traders, the, the first instinct for a trader is going to be, oh, free money, right? And go take it. So there's enormous sell pressure on day one. However, there it was like they did, I think, 700 million in volume. There was all this buying power coming from somewhere that got me, uh, this is like late December, right? And so I was like, I don't, I'm not really an altcoin trader, right? I mostly just do NFTs. So I'm not experienced enough to, to know whether or not my reaction was correct. But I was like, I, I, these people must know something. There's a reason they're buying. Uh, it's already almost the end of the year. I don't really want any more gains in, in 2021 anyway. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait till January and see. So that, that spike was like December 27th, maybe 25th, 26th. And, and then obviously you can see over by like the 29th, it was coming down and I was like, oh, you know, I might've made a bad decision, but uh, either way, I'm going to wait 
and see. Uh, and then I did end up selling, I think, on the first. Uh, the market cap is like 600 million fully diluted or something, which I was like, you know, that's, I don't know how much more upside there is for something without a product there. Um, I think it's fine to, to hold, right? A lot of the volume shifted from Uniswap to uh, Gate, KuCoin, and OKEx, which that's not an environment I know a ton about. I know more about the Uniswap volumes as being something that that I, I get where that's coming from. And like, those are very real volumes. Um, I, talk, I have a friend, you know, friends that are bullish that are still in, I friends that sold. I think that's the great, you played either way you want. You can, you can take the free money right away or, uh, you know, roll the dice a bit. But it was great for the ecosystem because a lot of people got a bunch of ETH coming out of this. Yeah, and it feels like everyone pumped it right back into NFTs. That's the way NFTs are. People, <laughs> money that people make an NFT sale in general, <clears throat> outside of bills or whatever, it's going back into more NFTs. I'll, I'll briefly share my story. I said this chart was painful for me. I was actually up on Christmas morning before my kids were up actively monitoring the charts. I was watching it hit the, the 10 threshold there, which was its 10X. Diamond handed through that peak and then essentially sold the bottom i sold it off uh in the point oh fours but still a certainly a nice windfall like you said um, yeah and you did a lot of volume so we you know it's still it, again it's out of nowhere yeah yeah i can never be upset about that i want to pull us back to the chart though just to zoom in on the last few days because these are pretty meaningful daily volumes so on january 1st we came in at 170 million, the highest we'd seen in three months. Then on the second, 243 million. And then yesterday, 255 million. The three straight days of peak volumes we've seen in a full three month period since really, there's only a handful of days or even higher than this. And it was the peak, peak August mania. So the liquidity is back in this market. Like waking up every day and seeing $100 million already in volume done by 7 a.m. Central Time every day. So I'm trying to pinpoint where the liquidity is coming from. If, if Asia is starting to participate more, and that's why we're seeing more overnight volume, or if it's still everyone just waiting for you know cheaper gas overnight. Do you have a take on what may be driving it's some a, of it's the... A, it's, it's a combination of a few things. I think one is the um, the SOS airdrop, as you say, like that, that put a lot of money in, in NFT traders' pockets. Two... Uh, everyone talked about like when are funds coming, right? I think it's reasonable. A lot of funds start in January in the new year, right? You're not going to typically launch in like a December. And, you know, it doesn't have to all be like mega whale VC type funds. It could be like kind of friends and family, family, you know, people like, hey, I did all right trading on my own in 2021 and they raised some money for like a small fund to deploy. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if there's a bunch of stuff like that even just like retail, whoever, just like, uh, you know, the, the space it keeps getting more popular, more attention. So like the amount of users in the space is like, there's just more people coming in. Also, it is a little weird uh, to see that it's like the high and mid tier stuff that's really catching a lot of heat. Usually the, the new user, they're not just like, yeah, let me, my friend did this, but uh, he made a bunch of money in DeFi, but like the, an ape's usually not like their first purchase. Um, mm -hmm like if you're if you're just coming into the space so i think it's just a combination of a bunch of things and then the other thing is even during like the worst kind of bearish market there would be these like pockets or these spikes and like something like you know crypto punks would partner with visa or whatever or i forget whether the crypto punks um or visa bought a punk yeah. um 
and then that sparked this like a bunch of buys. Like there's been, we've always seen like there's still money on the sidelines waiting for a spark in this space. And like once a bull run is like it's it's fun and it makes sense that people are just like, okay, uh, I'm gonna you know pull money out of of just other crypto stuff and put it into NFTs. So that's how it goes. Well, that, that's a good sig. So let's let's get into more detail and talk. You know, what are the projects that have benefited the most from all this extra liquidity? So we're going to take a look at the seven-day view from Lucky Trader, taking a look at the last week. And the head and shoulders above everyone else winner is the Board Ape Yacht Club ecosystem. So the mutants are up top here with 25,000 ETH. The apes are in second with 24,000 ETH traded. The dogs aren't here, uh, but I think they've done somewhere between five and 10,000 ETH as well. Um, so over 50,000 ETH traded in the last seven days, just in this ecosystem, insane volume. We have the mutant floor up 60% in a week at 16. And then we've got the apes floor at 72. The dogs floor is sitting at 5.8 this morning. Huh, there, there's a, there's a ton to unpack from this. Um, first mutants were at like three. ETH. Yeah. I mean, in retrospect, that was what I- in retrospect, that was an obvious trade. My friend, he kept telling me, buy, sell this thing, buy mutants, buy, why do you buy a bunch of mutants? They were. That was an obvious, you know, miss, uh, certainly on my part. And then I've been somewhat of a, a board a yacht club bear over the over the last few months. Maybe it's just saltiness from selling mine off, but can't can't dispute that this growth and the reflipping of the of the punks. So we had the fake yeah. flip. That happened in the low 50s, right? And apes weren't really moving up, and it was the punk owners kind of crashing the floor. Then the punks forced shot back up into the mid 60s, but then over the last few weeks, the apes is steadily climbing, and we see that floor at 72 now with a, a full flip and doing 3x the volume of the punks. So I got a couple questions for you. Do you think apes have temporarily topped here, or or what are your thoughts? I wouldn't be surprised if they keep running. To be honest, people are really um, excited about this token, which to me, I'm wary of it. I think that like this is a good spot. And again, I don't own any of these ape anything in the AP ecosystem, so it's easy for me to say. Um, but to me, I would be looking to sell the hype ahead of the token. I think people are really overestimating the outside demand for this token from outside the, the AP ecosystem. I've seen board ape people be like, this is going to be a meme bigger than Shiba. To me, this isn't an interesting meme. Like the apes are already this like wealthy, successful thing. That doesn't make for a good meme. I think that the meme potential of this coin is basically zero. Um, and then another guy was like, oh, apes alone. If nobody else comes in the ecosystem. They'll keep this coin between one and five billion. It seems a little high if you're not expecting any outside money to come in. And, and again, like a lot of these apes, the ape is a big percent of their net worth that they're just diamond handing the ape. They might sell off some of the airdrops, right, for some liquidity. So it really depends. Like uh, there are some very wealthy people in the apes also. Um, and, but if you're outside of the ape community, are you really going to come in and, and spend, you know, seven figures buying some of this token? Maybe. Um, but I think it's a big if. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, once the token airdrop or snapshot's taken, for sure the floor is going to drop. So I don't think it's crazy to sell ahead of that. Yeah, I will say I used to be bearish on the token. I'd say my position is now closer to neutral. And I think the, I see the bull case. And I mean, apes are the talk of the town. Like 
any newbie who NFTs are a buzzword for at this point, don't know much about it, have probably heard of Bored Apes at this point. Yeah. So it will be the, the lowest cost entry to the ecosystem, which is already out of reach now. I mean, even the dogs at 5.8, like no new money is going to come in and buy a, a Bored Ape dog at this point, but they might buy yeah. the token. So yeah, I, that's I'm, a good I'm no point. longer fading it. Yeah, um, I wouldn't fade it. I just, I, I think that it's, um, it's not crazy to take the profit ahead of the, the token, but I agree. I easily admit I could be wrong. I'm not super bearish either. I'm, I'm more in the middle too, I guess I'd say, but. My second question, should punk owners be worried? So we'll go ahead and show the, the punks for sale board here. It's 68 ETH floor. We've got, you know, a full row, row and a half that would have to be picked up to, to get back to the eight floor, which we've seen can happen in, in a day. Um, but you know, what are your thoughts? Do you think uh, punk owners should be bullish here? Or? I think, I mean, to me, I think punk has always been like a fine long-term play. I will say that like the punks community um, throughout last year were incredibly arrogant on average at times, uh, really condescending and elitist. And so, you know, it's not bad to get a little uh, wake up call potentially for them, but you know, you're not a better, like, smarter person just because you have more sophisticated taste in NFTs than, like, somebody else. Uh, and I think the apes, the, the, the market kind of responded to that, right? They're, like, you know, they were talking shit about apes or, like, they're lowbrow or, like, whatever. And, okay, well, you got beat. I'd be worried a bit. I mean, who knows if Larva's doing anything behind the scenes? I think it's very clear that the market right now appreciates teams that are building, that are making moves. Um, but again, like the original 10,000 PFP project of punks that, that innovated, that started this entire spark, like you wouldn't have apes without punks. You wouldn't have doodles. You wouldn't have a million of these, every project on that board, maybe except like sandbox, you wouldn't have without punks. So if you like zoom out long-term, I wouldn't be worried about punks at all. And it might not even be a bad time while there's sort of FUD around punks, um, to get in because I don't, I don't know how they might get down to 30, 20, maybe, I don't know how low they can go, but uh, I, I think you got to like them long-term. I don't see a world where punks are like dead and, and NFTs are a big thing. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with you. Um, I can see them being a good buy. I think the other potential bull case for them is as more of these PFPs get to the mid tier range. So if cool cats doodles get to like the 28th floor, and you can trade three cool cats for a punk. We're, we're going to start seeing that, and then yeah. we'll start seeing the multiples happen again. But who knows? Certainly, we'll be watching. So that's a bit of the the macro view and Ace flipping punks. I want to talk about what else has been trending because there's you know with this type of liquidity and volume, everything's trending, and there's green all over the board. So let's pull up the icy three day view to, to zoom in on a few other projects. So. I'll start with the Prime 8 Planet project. They've done 10,000 ETH here in the past three days. The floor was as high as 3.5 to 4 at one point pre-reveal. And then it seems to have synced quite a bit um, on the reveal. I saw it at 1.9-ish this morning. This, now, this is a product that had was hyping their Discord numbers. On Those the are fake. Page. Always just Anybody watching this? It is time to completely throw out Discord numbers. They're fake. They're not getting, they got 100,000 in less than 24 hours. No, they didn't. It's bots. 
um, any if you look at their OpenSea description for the Primate Planet, first thing they say is we have this huge Discord. Okay, if that's your main call to action, run as far away from something like that as you can. Um, these Discord numbers are very easily faked. Twitter numbers are very easily faked. Stop falling for these fake hype scams um, is my advice. Yeah, that was definitely a big red flag. And I <clears throat> didn't really see it. I saw it mentioned by you know a handful of folks on Twitter, but not as many as I would have expected. But then it, it played out with the exact same price arc that we've seen in these big Discord products like Mechaverse, where it launches, high demand, pre-reveal, it steadily goes up, and then it gets dumped. And you know, we're already down 50% from all-time high. So certainly, you know, be be wary of this and, and careful if you're minting the, the flipper trade understand your, your timelines let's keep going on the board so clone x you know they shot up to that 6.5 floor on that nike news and then with no news they kind of drifted down they're down in the mid force the artifact space pods were airdrops really with not even much acclaim or buzz from what i was saying but they've caught some of the tailwinds i've been curious you know what the money from the BAYC mutant sellers is going to rotate to. It seems like it might be clone X that floors back to 6.5. What's your, uh, what's your read or take on the clone X? Um, market? Yeah, for me, I was incredibly bearish on this pod airdrop to begin with. When you get anything out of 20,000 edition airdrop, you're, if you're expecting to sell that for anything, you're out of your mind those always are going to be worthless uh, on, on the resale market, almost always. Um, but Clone X, I mean, you know, Nike has them. Nike has this phenomenal marketing machine um, in like at least the traditional and digital uh, worlds. Web3 obviously is a bit of a different game. NFTs are a little bit different, but like I would err on the side of betting on Nike um, to execute. I mean, they really have... It was like it started by Bill Bowerman and Steve Prefontaine, like these like guys out of a college in Oregon, you know, and it became this mega, mega global behemoth. And a lot of that was marketing. I think Nike um, marketing is their strength or it's up there with anything they do really well. So I wouldn't want to necessarily bet against them. Um, but again, they have all these onerous terms and conditions. You know, I actually bought some of the clone X token. Just a fractionalized Clonex against their terms and conditions. Um, and kind of the bull case for that is that Nike starts suing people and they're like a this sort of aggressive actor in this space that people are like, hey, man, you know, that's not the way we want to do things here in Web3. So um, I think, it, you know, this could go kind of a lot of ways, but gun to the head, if I had to make a prediction, I'll bet on the Nike marketing machine. I tend to agree. I will play out my view of the risk to buying in here is twofold. It's 20,000 supply, uh, which we haven't seen besides the mutants. Nothing's really. And even that out. two weeks ago, we were still kind of like, you know, they're whatever. But the reason the mutants are succeeded is all on the P2E utility yeah. tokenomics. And right now, you know, artifact, you know, they were a strong team. A lot of people believe in them, but the roadmap doesn't really speak to much real utility beyond the space pods, which have already been dropped and some merchandise um, from, from what I'm seeing. So Nike's not going to do a token, out. right? They're not going to take that risk. I wouldn't, I'm not betting on that. So, but maybe, you know, LeBron or maybe not someone of quite his stature, but you know, some of the Nike athletes start rocking a clone X or like they have the metaverse clone X artifact drip, 
you know, like there's some, there's ways for Nike to integrate some of these athletes as uh, promoting this that I think could definitely cause a big spark. Yep. <clears throat> I'm with you. Let's uh, keep going. I want to highlight another sector on the board here, which is in the, the what I'll call the metaverse plays or virtual land, virtual worlds. So we've got two right here in the middle. We've got NFT worlds, which did 2200 ETH volume and sits at a 3.5 floor here as of this morning. And then worldwide webland, which is the virtual apartments that we've highlighted on this show before. They did 1600 ETH in the past three days. And that floor is holding at one. Um, I want to show a tweet from Worldwide Webland just to kind of give a sense of the utility that now we're seeing in these metaverse NFTs. So from their Twitter page, 2022 will be massive for the expansion of Worldwide Web 3. Land utility, play to earn mechanics, token launch, parties, further scaling of NFT project integrations, multiple PVP games, giveaways. So this is the the type of blueprint that we've seen succeed in the PFP space. Now we're seeing it in metaverse and <clears throat> worldwide Webland is following NFT worlds, which NFT worlds has run up like four or 500% in the last two weeks. They did uh, a world token drop to their owners. That token is also up like two or three X. I'm not following the token closely because I'm not an owner, but that NFT has been, very profitable for owners and worldwide webland is also up 150% or so in the last few days. What's your read on, you know, this up and coming and trending metaverse sector? I think there, there will be big winners. I think that uh, there's a lot of hype, like that worldwide web tweet. I'll be shocked if, if all that comes out this year, right? No way. Um, and, but that's fine. The market doesn't really care. They're trading hype. NFT Worlds is a little tilting for me. I actually minted a bunch of them, like eight or 10. I think you could only do three on an address. I had three addresses set up. And then I sold them basically at cost. I was kind of like, eh, like, I don't think this thing is going to get built, you know, and it was, wasn't really going anywhere. And then it mooned. So I think that like, you look at Sandbox, right? There were some big wins there. I don't even think Sandbox is live yet. Um, there's a lot of Decentraland, which is live, but it's the user experience there is not great. Like these are very... Like building a metaverse that people want to hang out in is extremely challenging. So I think that's why you see a lot of, of hype. Um, people like spreading their bets around because like if one does succeed and ends up getting right hundreds of thousands, millions of users, okay, that that makes a lot of sense uh, as an investment to, to try and get in early on, on something like that. There's a lot of competition in the space. It's not really um, an area I spend a lot of time looking at. Um, it's, it's a really, I think if you need... Other than trading like the hype cycles, which I think is very possible, you look at NFT worlds and worldwide webland. If you just wanted to like trade hype, I think there are trades for that. But if you're looking at like um, long term, like there's a lot of research to do. Which of these teams can actually pull this off? Um, I think there's probably opportunity to try and figure out like which teams have the best chance and back them. But um, you know, it would take some time, and it's just not really where I put my energy. Yeah, I share a similar view. Uh, long term, I don't think we have any idea who's going to win, but short term playing the hype cycles has been very profitable, and we've seen it in Treeverse, Sandbox, yep. <clears throat> Decentraland, and others. So that that that's how I've been doing it. Of course, not financial advice. I want to highlight a few more uh, movers on the board. So Alien Friends, let me check my notes here. One point three floor 
up, I want to say 400% on the week. They did 2,500 ETH volume. Uh, cool Man's Universe, 1,200 ETH, 0.64. Both of these were down in like the 0 0.1, 0 0.2 range just a week ago. And then another one, close to the heart, I'm a big holder of Capsule House. Capsule House had a huge night, exploded, went over a 1 ETH floor, 1,300 ETH volume here in the past three days. So <clears throat> we talked a little bit about this before the show. The big liquidity came, it hit the top end of the market, and then it's been starting to rotate around. And it's, it's a playbook we've seen before. And it started with the apes, cool cats and doodles both ran in the mid tier. And now we're starting to see the low end run a bit as the, the new joiners, the new mentors get you know, their first taste at you know, three, five X returns. It's definitely nice to see. Are you paying attention to any of these on, on the lower board or just kind of watching from the sidelines right now? So both Alien Friends and Cool Man's Universe, they fit the thesis that has been quite hot lately. If you look at Doodles and Cool Cats, like fun and cute is really good combo for a PFP. Um, I, I looked at both. I didn't love them. And, you know, in retrospect, I think that, Oh, fun and cute. It's enough when it's 0.2 or, or I forget what the prices were when I looked, um, but it can be worth, you know, just um, making a bet on in this space. Um, I do think that will change at some point. Like you, there's a lot, you know, like those lemons, there's a third one that kind of was hot for a bit. These lemons that I really didn't mm -hmm. like in terms of the art, um, yep. little lemon little friends. Lemon friends. Yep. Um, but there's a lot of people that are going to be copying cool cats, doodles, that, that style of art. And, um, and I'm not convinced that the market's just going to keep supporting an infinite number of like the fun and cute projects. And so, um, you know, I'll, I'm, I'll still willing to trade them. I'm like, I'm definitely, well, I, for the last few months, right. I really quit looking at new projects for the most part mm -hmm. outside of like a select few. I was very selective, now, I think in this kind of environment, you can be a little more aggressive minting new projects just because, um, you know, this is the kind of uh, environment where things can really run. Tend to agree. Um, I want to just talk one more mover on the board here and then we'll move on. Let me, the, the Slim Hoods and the Mood Rollers. So both of these projects did about 608 in the last three days. I'll, I'll go ahead and just quickly show the Slim Hoods open C page. You can see that floor is at point over 0.8 ETH right now. It's animated characters. The reason these been these have been popping off is there's another project called Invisible Friends, which is set to release later this month. It has tremendous hype behind it. And to get on the whitelist for Invisible Friends, you have to have four NFTs between Slim Hoods and the Mood Rollers. And so that's put a supply shock into play. And now the, the two prerequisites are rocketing it up. So kudos to those who got in early. These were trading around 0.1, 0.2 just a week ago or so before, before some anticipation of their, their prerequisite use. Um, so that will be another interesting one to watch. I want to spend a couple minutes on Chain Faces Arena, Brett. So I know you got in and minted this one. This is from Nate yeah. Alex, uh, one of the uh, – has a big following – in the NFT Twitter space, this is his project. It was 27,000 NFTs, but 0.069 ETH price point, and it sold out in a gas war. It, it, it might have been the highest volume 
our highest supply product we've seen mint out in a gas war. Yeah. Tell us a little I, bit about it, your thought process and kind of where you're at. I just, uh, you know, I, I saw Nansen, right? A lot of smart minters were minting it. Again, with 26K supply, it's it's a little bit different. But uh, for those that don't know, Nansen is it's like a dashboard re- where it, it uh, you can watch like mints in real time and see um, like what type of user is minting, uh, whether it's like, is it fish? Uh, is it people that know what they're doing? And they, they have a tag like a smart minter. So if you see a lot of smart minters minting something, uh, typically it's not the worst idea to hop on. So I, I'm in at four of these. I didn't love it at the supply and the price and the gas. So like, I didn't want to go crazy, but I'm in at four for, it was about 0.46, including gas. Uh, and so looking here, man, if you see that one with all the scars on it, mm-hmm. so the, the point of the arena is you put, you, you put these, I sold all mine, by the way, for basically cost. Uh, I, I just wasn't, you know, I got, I didn't even know what I was buying. So I see the like emoji kind of art and I'm like, whatever, and then you you throw these in an arena and then use some of them randomly just get cut every get burned basically every um 20 minutes or i'm not sure the time frame and if you survive you get a scar and so one of the theses is like oh people are going to want to pay for ones with like the battle tested ones that thesis just looking here if you look at that one with all the scars um does not appear to be the case right no one cares there's a bunch of uh ones that have survived several rounds in the battle and on the floor so i'm happy i sold out of this to be honest um yeah i don't know we'll see yeah i I think a lot depends on if if there's any plans from nate alex to continue this i think all he promised was this one arena and he took a third of the money so he raised like seven million ish 2.6 million goes to like fund the arena and then there's no promises for, and, and uh, this is all up front. Like, I'm not saying anybody did anything wrong, but it doesn't um, appeal to me. And, and uh, you know, maybe there'll be something after this initial arena, but so far nothing has been said along those lines. Yeah, I think the folks who win the win in the arena and win the raffle, so to speak, will, will be happy and there'll probably be a fair amount of disappointed folks, but... It was certainly a, a new twist on an NFT project. We'll give them that. <clears throat> All right, well, let's switch gears. That was a, a nice market recap, and we'll touch on a few of the other surging floors here in a bit. Uh, I want to talk one-on-ones for a bit, switch gears. So headlines again, you know, it, it's a repeat. I'm on repeat at this point. It's X copy. <clears throat> so we, we actually covered this piece on the show already about three months ago, but all-time high in the city sold for 1630 ETH, $6.2 million just two days ago uh, to Rare Collector 3000. Uh, why we talked about this piece already is that just three months before that, the owner Super Rare 8888 bought it for 1000 ETH. So a quick 630 ETH flip in three months on this X-Copy piece, pre-fees of course. So after fees, it's gonna be less than that. And I think that the fees on Super Rare are fairly healthy. Um, but man, what a flip for that collector. And then yeah. just cementing X copy here at the, at the top. I actually thought that we were going to be in for a bit of a lull in the one-on-one market. You know, we saw like Cosmo come in, Starry Night make a big splash last year, um, especially like in October and December was fairly quiet outside of a few big buys, but this is a, a spark to January here. Do you think we're going to continue to see these levels uh, of sales here? What's your, what are your thoughts? 
I, I, I don't know about this level of, you know, 1600 ETH, but I do think that there's still going to be demand for the sort of one of one artists that uh, reach a certain stature, like X copy, like these, by the way, got an X copy yesterday for like 230 ETH or something in an auction. I'm far from an X copy um, connoisseur. It's just out of my price range. I don't pay a ton of attention to it. But when you see someone paying 1600 for one, you get one for 230 seems like a, a pretty good buy uh he, he basically flipped a uh an ape uh and the two mutants to go with that or two bottles of serum i guess to go with that ape uh for the x copy so i like that trade um yeah you shout know, out but, to dz yeah but you gotta have a long-term horizon essentially like when if you're trading like this guy did flip it for 600 ETH. i don't think um you know in my opinion if you if you are out there looking to trade X copies and you're listening to me for some reason, um, it's not a short term. You know, you got to have a, a longer term mindset in these one of ones. But that's when you see these huge gains. Right. You look back at some of the prices of these X copies. Guys are buying them for one or two ETH in 2018 when ETH was like not even that much here. Ten ETH for fourteen hundred. The yeah. first guy. And then he sold it for three million. Right. So you got to have patience. Like I actually like for me, the one of ones I like to look at are like in that 0.3 to like one ETH kind of range. And, and then it's just kind of like, you're just looking to vault that and like see what kind of artists they turn out to be a couple of years down the line uh, is more my strategy instead of playing the higher end. Yeah. I like that. And this could be a situation where both the buyer and the seller win, right? The, the seller, of course, 600 ETH or whatever they, they net profited. You can't argue with that. But long term, this is one of the more iconic X copy pieces, so the buyer will, will likely be fine. Um, and in, in U.S. dollars, this is even a million below the all-time high sale due to fluctuations in the ETH price. Quickly on the DZ buy, he bought that piece for two hundred forty-two sixty-nine. The secondary X copies were going for five hundred ETH last year, so the the owner set up a one ETH reserve auction. I think maybe trying to yeah. catch some hype. I think it was a mistake. Well, somebody said it might the super rare might have been DDoSed um, like at the end or something. I'm not sure. I saw like the tweets were kind of like seven minutes left. I think I won. I can't get in the site. So I think that it's possible that um, like I don't know if it was a DDoS because I, I saw there was some like internet infrastructure that was down yesterday, right? That, that sort of affected a lot of sites. So mm -hmm. it's possible like AWS Virginia went down or something. And in that end of that auction, didn't go um, as it explained. I thought it was interesting, right? Well, the one ETH reserve on an X copy, I saw that too. I was like, that's, you know, that's a bold it's a move. risky move. <laughs> yeah. It can pay off sometimes. But you know what? Like, I mean, unless he's going to put it higher than 200, right? You know, it's going to get, you know, it's going for over a hundred, right? So it kind of makes sense. You get a little more attention when you put such a low reserve. You do. My one challenge with it is, do you lose some of your buyer pool with just like the, the end time, of the auction without without that much notice right yeah. I mean, even for the big buyers it can take a day or two to move the funds yeah i think a, can you set a longer time than a 24 hour there i'm not sure but a, a week would make a lot more sense yeah who knows five well, days yeah uh, i'm sure they're still somewhat happy with their proceeds lastly i want to touch on ack we, we did an interview with him and we published it last week one of our favorite shows of the year we talked a little bit about this till death do us part piece that is ever evolving. Well, he just did a dark twist on the piece. Uh, he tweeted yesterday that someone has entered the room and now we see this new character all draped in black with an, with a, a pitch ax in, in their head. And now like the whole scene has gotten 
quite dark. I'm just picturing, you know, the owner having this like on a wall in their house or somewhere. Some hopefully it's framed so that they're they're able to watch the piece and then just seeing it randomly change like this. What uh, <clears throat> what an awesome piece to, to see. I'll be very curious where this goes or if it's potentially foreboding some new drops from ACK that seem like they may be in the works here. <clears throat> yeah, this right. is cool. That rounds us out. Let's let's take a look at some blue chip PFPs and start to go around the horn with some floor prices uh, from WGMI.io. So I want to we'll start from the top and then look at the seven day changes just to highlight what a week it's been here again. So CyberKong's Genesis 89 floor up 78% on the week. Board Ape Yacht Club 71.6 up 19% on the week. CryptoPunks stable up 3% at 68. We talked about them. As we get down into the mid tier, we'll also see some, some big increases. So the Mutant Apes up 46% at 15.5 ETH. Cool Cats up 44%, 11.35 floor. Doodles up 64% at 7.5. So we've seen now this, this mid-range start to increase. Then as we get down into what was previously the, the lower levels, not so low anymore. So gutter cats up 12%, 6.9. You know, recurring theme of those products that we just recapped is they all have, outside of punks, they've got teams driving them. They've got promises of utility, tokenomics, partnerships. So the gutter cats have their, their token dropping. The cool cats are supposed to have their milk token dropping this month. Uh, of course, we've, we've touched on the apes. So that's the, the recurring theme. That's definitely what this market is hungry for. It, it's tough to know what to expect. <clears throat> you know, we're four days into the month. We're on pace for the, a, a record pace, a record setting month here. I'm not calling the top. Where do you think we go from here on some of these mid-tier projects? Or have you been surprised with this run-up? Or kind of what are your thoughts on, on some of this? Yeah, I, I was a little surprised. Like, I feel the sentiment was, like, pretty low the last few months, really from October, November, December. It was a little, um, like, August was crazy. Then September was, like, still going pretty strong. Uh, the gas prices really got out of control after that run up. And so I think that in my opinion, that was like the single most, even though at the higher end, it doesn't matter so much, but like, that's just so bad when the gas is, you know, 0.03 to do anything with the NFT. It, it really um, puts a damper on the space. And then like, once the liquidity starts disappearing with the high gas prices, you can really see the bottoms fall out of projects. So I thought like in general, most NFT traders were like fairly spooked uh, even in December about um, the space. You saw a lot of people tax loss harvesting. And so yeah. I think it's a good, it's a good to know like how quickly things can change and, and get people excited again. Like the thing about NFTs, like they're really fun. They're especially fun when like everything's going up. Um, and so I, I think it'll be interesting. I think I think things are going to run. But again, because a lot of the people that have been participants have seen how quickly the bottoms can fall out. I do wonder if like this sort of highs may be a little bit muted and people will look to take profits more readily than like before where they might have like held to a 90% loss on some stuff. 
Um, so I'm still like slightly cautious, but I'm like excited to get in there in, in, in this bull market and just trade with, you know, with, with that, um, bull market mindset, but you know, not necessarily like full all blast gung ho. Like this is it. The other shoe can always drop, I think too. Yeah. I mean, for those of us who've been turning NFTs for, you know, a year now, this is second cycle. You could almost call it. So hopefully there's some lessons learned from that first bull market that we can apply here. Yeah. Um, but, but man, it's hard, to, hard to say these things that have topped just yet. Um, I think what's other interesting and kind of confirming the thesis here is, is me bits and toads are sitting right at four, which are, they're up, right? They're up. Toads are up 30% on the week. Me bits up 14%. So definitely some solid movement, but they're well below that tier above them. And it's the whole, active team versus inactive team utility versus you know just art right now utility is winning and that's that's clear in the market let's talk about art uh, art blocks so i think what's maybe a bit concerning to me is with this huge influx of liquidity art blocks has not seen it um they're out of the top 10 in overall projects and the, the floors are somewhat reflecting that, even though we've seen some increases. So the Fidenza up top's down 13% on the seven day at 70. Ringers are at 49. Archetypes at 18 here, up 50% on the week. So they've seen some nice movement. Unigrids at 12. Subscapes at 11. They're up 22%. Meridians at seven. They're even. Chromie Squiggles at, at 6.17, minus 12% on the week. Fragments from Monica Rizzoli up 20% on the week at 4.8. So you can kind of see it's a bit of a mixed board right now. I, I will say I was a bit surprised. You know, right, I thought we were going to bottom right around Christmas with about a week left before January. The people were going to try to get ahead of the tax loss harvesting and start to buy. We actually saw a bit of that in our blocks that last week, and we started to see some floors move, but then it just totally stopped. So should I be concerned with, with this lack of movement or, or what's your take on kind of what we're seeing? I mean, you kind of touched on it when you were talking about the, the PFPs, right? The market really values utility right now and Artbox is art. Um, like first off, if they did an art token or something, uh, these things would moon. Um, mm -hmm. So I would, don't necessarily count that out. But for the most part, like what Snowfro has said from the beginning uh, is we're not going to throttle supply like this is a prod this is a platform for generative art that we want to we want to get pieces out there so uh similar to how top shot really kind of flooded their market artbox is going to keep churning out product uh, and that's kind of in their mission statement since day one and so there will be winners within artbox but for me like i don't the the stuff that's like a few weeks and higher doesn't really interest me because the supplies are still like fairly big 500 to a thousand supply you look at stuff like fidenzas and ringers there's like one maybe two sales a month in those collections they're extremely illiquid so if you want one of those that's just like a long-term hold. someone traded a fidenza and 10 eth for a doodle the other day mm -hmm. so um the, these are very illiquid the ones i like I, I we talked about this i didn't act on it there were some uh factory art blocks that i liked for tax loss harvesting, they hit like 0.2 uh, and then they doubled or two and a half X, but after fees, it's like the double. And I didn't make the trade, uh, but I saw it. And that that interests me more in Artbox is, is some of like the cheaper and factory. Um, 
because sometimes they can just get too cheap. And, and there's just more liquidity when you're dealing in a 0 0.2, 0 0.3, 0 0.4 type of price range. Once you're dealing in like four ETH plus, uh, you know, you I would only be buying Artbox for the most part uh, for like long term. I don't think it's yeah. a great flip right now. I, I tend to agree. And I'm concerned. And we've seen Bat Soup's pyramid where it's upside down and the money starts at PFPs and then it's art, like generative art. AI art, and then it's one of one art at the very peak of the pyramid. I'm not 100% sure if that's going to... I don't to really be. buy that, to be honest. And I think that part of my perspective is this new DeFi and P2E gaming space is taking a lot of attention, and we're going to cover that more in future shows. Um, but there are now more outlets for that, that liquidity. So yeah, we'll see. I, I'm a little bit concerned. But on a positive note, so I want to hit on brain drops. Um, so Braindrops is a new platform. It's all about AI-generated art. Uh, they made an announcement this week ahead of their drop tomorrow, which is called Confluence, and we'll, and we'll briefly touch on it, that if you hold all three of the Genesis pieces, you will be able to mint <clears throat> this new drop. So a bit of utility for Genesis holders. And we've seen some response in the market. So the Claire Silver... Her floor for the Braindrops pieces are at 3.67. The Pinder Van Armen floor for the, uh, the Podgans is at 1 ETH. And then Gene Kogan's floor is 0.5. So over 5 ETH right now for a Genesis set. So definitely seeing some upwards momentum in this market. The floor overall up at 0.4. It was sitting around a 0.2. Uh, so the whole set's up about 2x. So is this just an example of kind of the new hot trendy item catching some market attention right now? Possibly, but we definitely have some big name artists behind those Genesis pieces, which is why I like them. It'll be so, curious to see how, how far these go. One thing I'll say, <clears throat> I bought a lot of AI art recently. Um, and if you do like this style, uh, there's, there's a lot of just cool technology out there. Um, check out Polygon NFTs. You can get really good pieces or cool looking AI pieces for like 0.01, even 0.005 to like 0.03. It's very cheap on Polygon. There's no gas. You bridge some ETH over to Polygon and then you can just keep it in that ecosystem. And it's on OpenSea. It's the only other chain that's on OpenSea. Uh, I really like it. And again, it, to me, it's like I'm buying them and I'm just like vaulting it and then like see what, what kind of artists these people turn out to be. Um, but similar to like Tezos, where a lot of like art blocks artists got their start on Tezos. Uh, I think a lot of artists are starting out on Polygon because it's just much cheaper and the market the buyers have not really looked at Polygon. So I do believe that there's a significant upside given the prices, uh, given the, the no gas fee to, to look at Polygon art. I think that makes a ton of sense. And right now everyone's just ignoring the gas fees, which are surging. <laughs> because everyone's so flush with ETH as, as everything yeah. is mooning right now, but it's not going to last forever. And I think we're going to see a bigger wave on the, the roll-ups, L2s, polygons here in this next cycle, which, and who knows when that's going to start. Um, and again, polygons so the only like one on OpenSea where 88% of NFT volume is. So yeah. that's a good point. So I want to end with a couple of drops. So we talked about this new brain drops, uh, project. It's called Confluence. It's from Devi Parikh. So we see a few of the sample outputs here. I want to read a little bit about the project. 
Uh, the series is part AI, part human analog art, and part human digital art. Pieces are generated using a neural generative model trained on the artist's physical sketchbook. Generations are re-rendered -re in a variety of palettes, taking the confluence of human and machine a step further, interpreted by an AI model. So we, we see down here in this portion of the screen, some of the images from her sketchbook, and then some of the generations from the AI model, then the re-renderings, then recolorings. This essentially gets us to the final output here. Um, so uh, let's see if we got details of the drop here. So yeah, this is gonna be 1000 mints. I wanna say it's 0.1 ETH. Um, we'll, we'll follow up with the exact details in the show notes. So we see the overall floor uh, is 0.4. It, previously it was 0.2, it could be a profitable mint, certainly one to follow if you're into AI art. Just a little bit about Debbie Parikh. So she is uh, a director of AI research at Facebook, or at least has been in the past and has a, some deep expertise in this field. So this will be an interesting one to Wait watch. a second. So so that one, it's a thousand total mints of which some of those are going to go to the people that have a full Genesis set. Um, who has to Who have to pay for them? Yeah, but so if it's, it's point one, I mean, I'll pay point one for this all day. Um, mm -hmm. Is it just open warfare for the rest? So the gas is going to be crazy. You can see these going for like point four plus, or is is there some other? Um, every every drop so far has been insane gas war. So yeah, I, I, I feel like there's some expectations that this is kind of it's similar to the old art block stage when art blocks yeah. was minting at point one. I would still pay point four on some of those, and it was easily worth it. Point seven, I think I paid and still made money. Mm -hmm. So um, with I the gas. Why I'm a little bit cautious here is just we're, we're starting to see the supply influx for brain drops. This is now their fifth project. Yeah. The, the Xander project, which Dreamscapes, which I liked quite a bit and minted and bought on secondary. Uh, you know, that four went all the way down to point two. And I, I will just caution users who are just coming in from an investing standpoint that, you know, we're going to continue to see some inf some supply influx here. But if you're able to mint, yeah. short term could be profitable, and of course, holding long term uh, is always an option. Um, the last product on my radar, and it just came on the, the list this morning, is called Cuddly Crew. Uh, I'm going to show their project page right now. It's got you know a little bit of the alien friends, cool cats, kind of cutesy vibe, but they've got a roadmap that that kind of checks all of the hot boxes from the you know, the, the key buzzwords right now. So they've got staking where everyone who holds NFT can receive a cuddly token to redeem for in-game items. They've got a mutant serum airdrop. They've got breeding, a mobile game that's coming. Um, so again, yeah. we, we covered this at the beginning. It's a lot to develop. Okay, everyone's promising a game. It's less than 1% of these games are going to even get made, let alone be decent to play. Like, that, that's the thing, like, you don't see, like, Supreme saying we're building a game, right? It's so weird. Um, they're trying to do the branding and the merch and, go, and a game and the DeFi. It's, like, it's too much. Uh, but that's what the market likes. They like um, – I might, like, play the hype on this thing. It checks the cute fun box, the buzzword bingo, but there's a 0% chance Cuddly Crew uh, executes on this roadmap, less than 1%. It's an ambitious roadmap, but I will say the fun twist here. We haven't covered it yet. We buried the headline. Minting is free. So I'm sure we are going to see 
uh, a bit of a guess for it's a stealth drop it's sometime between six and ten tonight eastern so i'm putting uh right now i'm putting for anybody watching uh notifications on um their twitter if i can find it because that's a good way that's how i like to to approach these stealth drops right so you'll see it pop up um and obviously get in the discord too but yeah a free stealth drop like this with the I'm for sure going to try and get some, but I, I'm, especially the mobile game, you know, like an anonymous small team, they're not going to build a game. Sorry. And so I'll be watching this one closely as well. I think one word of caution. So already today we've seen some bad actors infiltrate the discord of what board bunnies. I forget the name of the project. Yeah. Um, but apparently there was a malicious link in the discord and some mentors got their, their wallets drained. It was, it happened right before the show. I haven't had a chance to, to really do diligence on it. Um, but just remind everyone to keep up your guard with this much money flowing through these new projects. It's a rife. It's a market rife for bad actors. Um, so a good, yeah, go ahead. A good approach to take. Um, this is something was, I did on Solana because there were some issues there, but even on East now, uh, set up a second wallet in MetaMask or another wallet uh, for just minting. Like if you have your valuable stuff in there, uh, just you never know what's possible. And like the hackers are getting smarter each day. Like if you have a Fedenza in your wallet or something or a, a board Ape, especially, you don't want to end up going to mint. And it turns out you signed a transaction that like gave them your Ape or something like that. So for me, like for this cuddly crew thing, like if it's a discord link, uh, I'm going to mint from basically a fresh wallet. Uh, where if I do get screwed, okay, I'm going to lose, you know, the ETH I was going to pay the gas with, and that's it. Yeah, I think that's definitely a safe way to do it. I think there's also an alternative for folks, you know, since we do avoid minting and just solely play secondary and and try to, you know, be fast follows on products that they feel like have the right fundamentals, you know, smart minters, like you mentioned from the Nansen data, uh, right steam, you know, you, you like what you see in the Discord source. You know, always an option but the thing is i'm a gambler man and i do like the i do like the chance that they're minting the rare but i do agree that your your strategy is quite smart um like because a lot of times you'll get burned on a mint right whether you have a chance at a rare if the mint tanks you're basically eliminating the chance or you know greatly reducing the chance of like a failure of a project by watching the secondary action but you know i i want i want to mint that grail I hear. I think this project also has 150 one on ones or something. So there's there's going to be some grails up for up for grabs. Yeah, um, maybe that's too many. Now that 150, that yeah, that's way too many. Um, but well, cool. That was the last drop on my radar. Brett, anything else on your list today? Do we want to talk the the flow news that we caught last night? Yeah, we could cover that really quick. So flow. Um, which is Dapper, Top Shots, uh, blockchain. Um, they the Dapper wallet is getting ready for integration throughout the Flow ecosystem, very similar to how MetaMask works. So we were big fans of Hoodlums, Hoodlums over on uh, the Sturdy Exchange, which is kind of their OpenSea, and they just announced yesterday they're integrating the Dapper wallet uh, into the the Sturdy Exchange Hoodlum ecosystem, and so basically. Right now, the only place you can get hoodlums is on Sturdy Exchange. Soon, uh, like there's so many people on Top Shot, right? The Dapper wallet mm-hmm. is, is a pretty popular big wallet. And that 
ecosystem, I think, is really retail friendly. You can just use a credit card, your email. It's a lot less intimidating than MetaMask. And so I know you and I are both pretty bullish on flow from a retail onboarding perspective. And this is a big step. So like, I'm going to look uh, at some more flow projects that it might be not a bad time to buy some um, projects that might be opening up to Dapper Wallet that are right now like walled off in their own little fiefdom. Yeah, I think a big problem, a big reason we haven't seen as much market action and volume in sturdy exchange projects is they're in this kind of walled garden. <clears throat> they're not connected, right? But the product is, is okay. And the hoodlums have a, a really cool community. Um, so as soon as this integration happens, I'll, I'll certainly be <clears throat> selling off some top shots to, to buy some more hoodlums. But certainly it's a good time to start taking note of those projects if, if you're not familiar with them. Another big one is Ballers. So Ballers actually has a higher floor than the hoodlums do. Uh, and it does player. cross over with NBA Top Shot, but I don't. I'm just not a fan of the the pixel art ballers. It's a lot of uh, hype, hype, hype. You know, like hoodlums to me is much more chill. Just like uh, I, I don't know the the what I've seen from ballers doesn't have. I have no interest in buying into that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Certainly, just but I get why people do. So that's just my opinion. Yeah, it's getting the Discord, see if you vibe with the community, see if you think it's the right buy for you. Always a, a, a good strategy here. But I think that's it for today. So to our to our listeners, thanks for joining in and tuning in today. Brett, thanks for joining this morning. Yeah. I'll ask everyone to join us again on Friday. We'll be back at our new standard time of 1 p.m. Eastern. Going to attempt to do a deep dive on treasure. And that growing ecosystem, all funded by the, the magic token. So if you're interested in that, make sure to, to stay tuned and pay attention for Friday's show. Till then, enjoy this bull market while it lasts. And we'll see everyone soon. Goodbye. Cheers.